Hello everyone, welcome to Box Office Receipts. I'm your host, Tyler Callahan, and it is finally over. The Actors Union and the studios have reached an agreement on a new deal. We go over that as well as a slew of news and updates as things begin to move full steam ahead in Hollywood. First, we do have some numbers to talk about. Staying in first place at the domestic box office is Five Nights at Freddy's with $19 million for a total of $113.2 million. In second place was The Eras Tour with $13.6 million for a total of $166 million. Third place was Killers of the Flower Moon with $6.8 million for a total now of $52.2 million. And fourth place was Priscilla with $5 million for a total of $5 million. 0.2 million. It did have a limited release last weekend. And fifth place was Radical, which debuted to $2.6 million. So Five Nights at Freddy's did have a big drop from its opening weekend, dropping 76%. This is not too much of a surprise as it is available to watch on Peacock. So anyone who would pay a few bucks a month can rewatch it as much as they want. So, uh, you know, strong opening weekend. But repeat viewings are basically now going to be non-existent because you can just stream it on Peacock. You don't have to wait. I also think that this shows that the film did not gain much interest from people who did not play the games. Like it didn't reach outside to the general audience. Uh, the majority of the opening weekend audience was under 25, a.k.a. people who have at least played or heard of the games. Clearly, all the hype from opening weekend did not translate into others going to see what the fuss is about. Still, though, even with the sharp drop, thanks to the monster opening weekend, this is still all profit, with the budget being only $20 million. Opening in first place in China is a new thriller called Last Suspect, with $17.8 million. Now, it did open during the week, so its total is now at $31.2 million. In second place is Only the River Flows, with another $3.9 million, for a total of $36.1 million. Third place was World's Greatest Dad with $3.8 million for a total now of $11.7 million. Fourth place was The Volunteers with $1.63 million for a total of $109.4 million. And fifth place was The X-Files for Marriage Plan with $1.6 million for a total of $136.4 million. The film noticeably only dropped 18% compared to last weekend and actually moved up the charts. It came in sixth place last weekend. China's film board has approved two more Hollywood films for release, with both Wonka and Migration getting the green light. They will both come out December 8th, ahead of their respective domestic releases. Looking at international numbers, Five Nights at Freddy's earned another $35.6 million for a worldwide total of $217.1 million. Trolls Band Together earned $13.2 million for a total of $57 million internationally. Killers at the Flower Moon made $11.9 million for a worldwide total of $119.1 million. The Eras Tour earned $11.6 million, bringing the worldwide total to $231.1 million. And Paw Patrol, the Mighty Movie, is now at $181.7 million worldwide. So after 118 days, the actor strike is finally over with SAG and the AMPTP having reached an agreement on a new deal. What was agreed upon? Well, we do have some of those details. For the wage minimum increase, they got 7% for 2023, 4% for 2024, and 3.5% for 2025. 
for 2025. This contract is set to last, assuming it is ratified, until June 30th, 2026. Background actors will get an 11% wage increase as well. Changes to casting include rules regarding self-tape auditions. There were also increases for health contributions and pensions. The main things for the agreement were AI and streaming. For AI, the studios need to get informed consent before making a likeness of an actor. There also has to be a 48-hour notice as well, so studios can't say, for example, uh, send an email asking for notice with a two-hour deadline. If a studio wants to create a digital replica of a deceased person, they must get approval from the authorized representative of the person, or if one cannot be found, get approval from the union. Also, for these types of replicas, for any living actor that agrees to it, the studios are allowed to keep using the replica even after their death by default. If an actor does not want that to happen, they need to specify that in a contract that they sign with them. While there are a lot of safeguards now in place for AI use for actors, critics have pointed out that there are some loopholes studios could use in regards to what is considered informed consent. I think this is also seen in SAG's national board, uh, all, only voting to approve the deal with 86% towards it. You would think the you would think with the strike going on for almost four months, they would be more positive about the deal. As for streaming, the union did not get the one or two percent cut of streamer revenue, and instead they and the studios agreed to a new streaming bonus structure, similar to what the WGA got in their deal. How it would work is if a show on a streaming platform gets enough views to equal 20% of a streamer's subscriber base within the first 90 days, they will get a bonus equal to 100% of an actor's residual. However, the actor would only get 75% of it, with 25% going to a new fund that will be set up by the studios and union, with the goal that it is distributed to all members of the union, even if they are not part of a big, successful show. While this seems nice, one potential issue is how to actually divvy up the money and the people that will be appointed as the trust for the fund will need to work on that as the exact process is not part of the agreement, just that the fund would be created. So with the national board approving the deal over the next few weeks, union members will vote on ratifying it as everyone gets back to work. And as of now, it seems like it will indeed pass. My thoughts are, I'm glad it's finally over. And I think for the most part, they got a good deal. I'm not saying the criticisms of the AI terms aren't valid, but it needed to start somewhere and leave it open to approve upon in three years. Same goes for the streaming bonuses, personally. I don't think it was that great for the actors compared to what they have before with cable syndication, but again, it's a start and an actual change to how they are rewarded for hit shows on streaming services. In the exclusive from Deadline, they got Disney's CEO Bob Iger's thoughts on a deal between the union and the studios. Quote, I'm elated. It's been, as you know, a long summer in this town, and it's an industry that really needs to get back to work and wants to get back to work. I'm going to be one of those people that's just cheering the return to production in this community. End quote. And the AMPTP released a statement after SAG's national board approved the deal. Quote, we are pleased that the national board has recommended the agreement for ratification by the membership we're also grateful that the entire industry has enthusiastically returned to work, end quote. Now, as productions start to ramp up, the ones that will resume over the next few weeks include Deadpool 3, Venom 3, and Beetlejuice 2. That one specifically only has a few days left to film. 
should also expect over the next few weeks deals to be closed on numerous movies as they head into pre-production now that they can actually negotiate and sign actors. And it comes as no surprise that now that the studios have a clearer picture on what is ready and what's not, well, we got delays. Sony is pushing back Venom 3 from next summer and will now come out November 8th. This isn't a uh, bad spot as the first two Venom movies have come out in October, so kind of fits. Most of the delays came from Disney. First Deadpool 3 has a new date, which isn't surprising. It will no longer be kicking off the summer movie season and will instead come out July 26th, 2024. It takes the place of Captain America Brave New World, which has been delayed to 2025, now set to come out February 14th, 2025. I don't think that's a good sign if it was able to finish filming before the strikes, yet it is being pushed back over six months. Blade gets another delay, now coming out November 7th of next year, and Thunderbolts becomes a summer movie coming out July 25th, 2025. For non-Marvel films, Mufasa The Lion King will be Disney's big holiday movie, leaving next summer, and will now release December 20th, 2024. For Warner Brothers and DC Studios, James Gunn has confirmed that Superman Legacy is still set to come out in July 2025, and it is not being delayed. Kel Mitchell from All That and Good Burger and the upcoming Good Burger 2 is recovering after an emergency trip to the hospital. Hopefully, he makes a full recovery. Focus Features has bought the U.S. distribution rights to Conclave. This is a thriller movie starring Ralph Fiennes, Stanley Tucci, John Lithgow, and directed by Edward Berger, who recently directed All Quiet on the Western Front. The movie is about the Apollo Conclave, who convened to elect a new pope, but soon cardinals form factions to push forward their own ambitions. It does sound interesting, and it is set for a theatrical release sometime next year. In an exclusive from Deadline, they are reporting that Lionsgate and Kingdom Story Company have won the rights to adapt the best Christmas pageant ever. Dallas Jenkins will direct the adaptation. Uh, he directed and produced The Chosen. As for the adaptation, it will be based on a book of the same name that came out back in 1972. Crunchyroll got the distribution rights for Spy X Family Code White, an upcoming movie for North America, Australia, New Zealand, Italy, Germany, and Latin America, as well as a few other countries. The film is a standalone story based on a hit anime. While the film will be released in Japan in December, it will hit theaters elsewhere in 2024. As for new movies in development, Nintendo is teaming up with Sony to make a live-action Legend of Zelda film. It'll be written by Derek Connolly and directed by Wes Ball, who is currently finishing up Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. This does not come much of a surprise, as the Super Mario Bros. movie was a huge, huge success. I do wonder why Nintendo went with Sony, and not, say, Universal, as they already have that relationship thanks to not only the Super Mario Bros. movie, but the Super Mario Land at Universal theme parks. Uh, no word on when production will start, so this one will probably take a while. Deadline has the exclusive on the next film, and that is it looks like we are getting another remake of The Longest Yard. Paramount Pictures is working on it with Rodney Barnes writing the script. The original came out back in 1974, and the last remake came out in 2005, which starred Adam Sandler. Huck is exclusively reporting that an Elon Musk biopic is in development. At A24, after winning a bidding war, Darren Aronofsky is set to direct, and the film is set to be adapted from the recently released Elon Musk biography written by Walter Isaacson. Disney has found their new CFO, naming Hugh F. Johnston to the role. 
He is currently PepsiCo's CFO and vice chairman. He will replace the interim CFO, Kevin Lansbury, who took over after Christine McCarthy left earlier in the year. And in a bad PR move by Warner Brothers Discovery, Deadline is reporting that they are looking to shelve another movie for a write-down. This is the Coyote vs. Acme movie that starred John Cena. Uh, Way back when, it was actually set to come out this past summer uh, until it was taken off the schedule early in the year. I know it was never given a new date, and now it looks like we may never see it. If this does indeed happen, it would be the third film the studio has shelved, and what's weirder is that Deadline is also reporting it's fully done. So it's not like Batgirl where they're finishing touches or the Scooby movie where they're still working on the you know the score of it. It's like, no, it's, it's done. It's a finished movie. So all they needed to do was to get a marketing and distribution budget ready, but it looks like they th- I would think they think it's going to bomb hard if it's not even worth doing that. Uh, personally, I was looking forward to this movie. I loved Looney Tunes as a kid growing up, and the premise for this was actually interesting. Also, this could damage the studios standing in Hollywood with directors, writers, and actors because the selling point for shelving Batgirl and the Scoob movie were, look, Batgirl was bad, so we're doing everyone a favor. And also for that, you know, for Scoob, it's like, look, we kind of need special write-offs due to the merger. So maybe people might not like it, but they could understand. But this is a year and a half later from that, and they're just not going to release a fully finished film. Uh, Creatives are going to have to put in contracts. It needs to be released or get a massive payday, because it seems like unless you are a big blockbuster film, they just might not release it. It's not a good look for them, honestly. We got a round of trailers, the first being from Paramount as they released the first trailer for Mean Girls, and it looks like they're not hiding the fact it is a musical and not just a remake of the original. I mean, there's one or two quick scenes in the trailer. It's like, oh, okay, they're singing in the movie. It's like, okay, could be a musical. Uh, it comes out January 12th. Sony released the first trailer for their upcoming Ghostbusters sequel, Frozen Empire where it looks like ghosts are freezing New York City. It comes out March 29th, 2024. And Disney released a teaser trailer for Pixar's upcoming Inside Out 2, where it showcased one of the new emotions, Anxiety. It's set to come out June 14th next year. And while very early, it looks like it'll be a big hit. The trailer got 157 million views in its first 24 hours. Let's start off a busy VOD premium with Disney, where they had their quarterly numbers. Disney Plus is now at 150.2 million subscribers worldwide, up from from 146.7 million from the last quarter. Uh, Specifically, 37.6 million of them are Disney Plus, Hotstar, and India. They gained 7 million core Disney Plus subscribers for a total of 112.6 million. Hulu is now at 48.5 million. And ESPN Plus is at 26 million. As for losses, those have massively improved. Disney's streaming business still lost money, 387 million for the quarter, but this time last year it was at a loss of 1.4 billion. And if you remember, it was this time last year, I believe. Bob Chapek's kind of response to that in front of investors kind of led to. Well, everything happening and Bob Iger coming back. So, again, from $1.4 billion to $387 million, it's a big improvement. As for the Disney Plus and Hulu merger, CEO Bob Iger mentioned that a beta version of Hulu inside the Disney Plus app will be made available in December, with the full launch set for next spring. 
I take it they need to make the payment to Comcast first before they can move forward with it. And in interesting news, it was also announced that the company is in talks with Netflix to license some of its content, though Iger did specify that it was not their brands, their big brands. So don't expect Marvel or Star Wars to show up. Uh, I'm curious what they're looking to license out, but like Warner Brothers, they too have debt that need to pay off at some point, so it is a viable option. Uh, here's a quote from CEO Bob Iger talking about it while on the quarterly earnings call. Quote, we've actually been licensing content to Netflix, and we are going to continue to. We're actually in discussion with them now about some opportunities, but I wouldn't expect that we will license our core brands to them. Those are obviously competitive advantages for us and differentiators. Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, for instance, they're all doing very, very well on our platform. And I don't see why, just to basically chase bucks, we should do that when they are really, really important building blocks to our to the current and future of our streaming business. End quote. And in news for Hulu, it's not a surprise, but FX The Bear has been renewed for a third season. The show has been really good so far. Uh, definitely recommend a watch. Apple TV Plus has released three new trailers. The first is for season three of Slow Horses, which is set to come back on November 29th with two episodes. It will then have weekly episodes until December 27th. They also released a trailer for Masters of the Sky. This is the miniseries about the Air Force during World War II and stars Austin Butler and Barry Keenan. It is executive produced by Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks. It will also have a two-episode premiere releasing on January 26th, and will have weekly episodes until March 15th. The third trailer is for an upcoming movie called The Family Plan. This is an action comedy film starring Mark Wahlberg and Michelle Monaghan, where they have a family in the suburbs, except Wahlberg's character used to be a government assassin, and they must, he must try to protect his family uh, without them finding out the truth. Though, if you watch the trailer, kind of toward the end, it's like, all right, they kind of find out. Kind of don't believe them, but, you know, they kind of know. Produced by Skydance Media, the film will be available for streaming on December 15th. And even though Apple TV Plus is done with Skydance Animation, they are not done with animation completely. It was announced that a Snoopy movie will start production next year, with it focusing on Snoopy headed to New York City. Paramount stock took a hit this week with it being downgraded after analyst Jessica Reef Elrich said it is hard to buy. Part of her reasoning for the harsh opinion on the stock is that earlier she was more positive on it under the belief that Paramount would sell some of its assets and maybe even sell as a whole. With them not committing to a sale to either uh, BET or Showtime from earlier this year, she sees no sales coming soon and so the stock is not worth as much. While Paramount had a good Q3, they do need to find a way to pay off their debt faster because if other analysts downgrade their stock as well, it's going to be hard to ignore and they will have to start selling assets. Also for Paramount, Lawman Bass Reeves is set to air on CBS starting November 12th. It will air after Yellowstone. Uh, at this point, besides filling in the time slot because of lack of new shows, this could also uh, help us being good, good marketing for Paramount+. Plus. Crunchyroll is getting into the game business like Netflix with the launch of Game Vault. Game Vault will have a collection of games Crunchyroll subscribers can play with no ads. However, it will not be for all subscribers. You will need to be either subscribed to the Mega Tier or Ultimate Plan Tier to have it included at no extra charge. If you are on the base tier, it is not included. As of now, the Vault includes three games and two visual novels. Netflix does seem to be quietly building up their game library 
as streamers look for ways to get more subscribers and re retain the ones they have, they will be looking toward uh, you know, setting up other benefits like this. Uh, so it's not a surprise that Crunchyroll is doing this. NBC Universal laid off just under 50 employees across three departments, Peacock, Marketing, NBC Universal Entertainment, and Ad Sales. Variety is reporting that this is not due to cost-cutting measures, but instead a restructuring and how these departments will run moving forward. Hopefully they will be able to land on their feet as soon as possible. Peacock released a trailer for Mr. Monk's Last Case, a Monk movie. It is set to premiere on December 8th. Stars is going back to their Spartacus franchise with a new series, Spartacus House of Asher, with creator Stephen S. DeKnight returning as showrunner, and Nick Tarabee returns as Asher. Lionsgate Television will produce the show for Stars. This looks like a good move for Stars, as this is a franchise that is uh, laid dormant now for about a decade. Uh, so it's not like they were pumping out spinoff after spinoff and like milking that IP. It's like it's it's had time to cool off, and now a return would probably be welcomed by audiences. Amazon Prime Video has announced that the second season of Reacher is set to premiere on December 15th with three episodes and will then have weekly releases until January 19th. They also released a trailer for the upcoming season. Prime Video also released the first two posters for the upcoming fourth season of The Boys, right now set to come out sometime in 2024. And we also got a poster for the upcoming holiday movie Candy Cane Lane, starring Eddie Murphy, coming out December 1st. For Warner Brothers Discovery, they also had their quarterly earnings report, which saw their total subscribers drop 700,000 uh, from 95.8 million to 95.1 million. However, thanks to ads in Max, price hikes, and possibly customers switching from Discovery Plus to Max, the streaming side of the company did make a profit of $111 million. This is an improvement from last quarter, where overall it did lose the company $2 million. Now again, this is overall, so it does include revenue and expenditure from Max, Discovery Plus, and I think even HBO. As for the massive debt the company has, uh, they were able to get rid of another $2.4 billion and now have $45.3 billion left on the books. Also for Max, they confirmed that Blue Beetle will be available to watch starting November 17th. For Paramount Plus, they got a new show launching called The Curse. Technically, it's for Showtime, but it is part of Paramount Plus now. The dark comedy shows from A24, created by Nathan Fielder and Benny Savvy. They will star in it as well as Emma Stone. So far, it's getting strong reviews with it having a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. This is definitely on my list to watch. Looking forward to it. In the UK, the media bill has started to make its way through Parliament. This is a bill we talked about a few months ago that, if passed and made law, would give Ofcom more power to regulate streaming services and for UK streaming services to have more prominence on streaming devices in the UK. There is a new add-on to the bill in that, if passed, Channel 4 would be able to produce their own content. Um, I thought they were already able to do so, but I guess not. Uh, while this won't directly change the streaming landscape in the UK, it could change film and TV production as you would have a new company that was always a buyer can now do their own thing. You know, they can order shows and films to be produced instead of, oh, we need to buy licenses for this and that. So it could be a little bit of an increased competition. Now let's finish up with Netflix, where Deadline is exclusively reporting that the Super Mario Bros. movie is set to arrive on December 3rd as it leaves Peacock. Netflix released a new trailer for the upcoming Zack Snyder film Rebel Moon Part 1, A Child of Fire. It's set to come out December 22nd. 
Along with that, it'll be getting a limited release in theaters, specifically in 70mm, for one week in New York City, Los Angeles, London, and Toronto. The run will be from December 15th to the 21st, leading up to its premiere on Netflix. Now, a lot of this news comes from Netflix's Geeked Week, where they just unloaded an announcement after an announcement. Um, Star Trek Prodigy Season 1 will be available to watch starting December 25th. This is the animated Star Trek show that Netflix bought from Paramount. They also bought the second season. No word on when that will be released. Um, I do take it that will probably be sometime in 2024. Netflix confirmed that the second season of Arcane is set to debut November 2024. This is the animated show based on the very popular video game League of Legends. A teaser trailer for the live-action adaptation of Avatar The Last Airbender was released. It's way too early to tell if it's going to be good or not, but you can tell Netflix did spend a good amount on it. It is set to premiere in 2024. Netflix is also making a new animated Witcher film called The Witcher Sirens of the Deep. Unlike the previous animated film, this one follows Geralt of Rivia, with Doug Coggle set to voice the character once again. He is the voice actor for the character of the video games. It is set to premiere in late 2024. And look, man, they got me. All right. I personally haven't watched the The Witcher TV show. I've only watched that one animated movie. I played the third game. Love it. Kako's voice for Geralt is just fantastic. So yeah, I'll probably get this watch. I could, I could listen to him speak for hours. <laughs> so yeah, looking forward to that. Netflix released a trailer for Damsel, an action-adventure movie starring Millie Bobby Brown. It's set to come out in March 2024. Netflix's adaptation of The Three-Body Problem, made by David Benioff and D.B. Wise, is set to premiere on March 21st, 2024, with the first eight episodes. I think a lot of people will be comparing this to the adaptation made by Tencent, so be kind of interesting there. And, uh, you know, just a few minutes ago, we were talking about Crunchyroll, starting up their game vault, right, their games added to the subscription. Uh, well, Netflix is working on adding more mobile games to their game vault as they announced a few new ones. Uh, this includes an interactive fiction game based on La Casa de Papel, uh, or for the other title, uh, Money Heist, to keep it more basic. There's also will be a game on Shadow and Bone and one based on Chicken Run called Chicken Run Extraction. The Shadow and Bone game is available now, with the rest coming out over the next few months. For the Netflix Top 10 charts, all the Lights We Cannot See debuted in first place with 9.8 million views on the English TV chart, while Locked In was the number one English film with 17.8 million views. For the non-English film chart, Wing Woman came in first place with 18.5 million views. This is a French action comedy movie. And that is it for this massive episode of Box Office Receipts. There is a lot to go over. If you want to follow me on X, Threads, Instagram, or Facebook, links to those are in the show notes. Uh, thank you for listening, and see you next time.